It's been a few weeks. Feels like it's been forever. Yeah. Has it been three weeks at least since we all sat down to talk? Well, apart from when we went to the weeks. pub on Thursday, but... Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't count. <laughs> we, could, we we need to start doing podcasts, I think. Yes. Then. Absolutely. Oh, it has a you nice know. ring to it. Yeah. Yeah, can we, we can figure it out. As I said before, one of my favourite podcasts used to be the, the Lunchcast, and it's a bunch of lads having lunch and all the noise and whatever of the restaurant around them. But it was good. It was kind of a bit of a crack. It was kind of just more of a side thing to their normal podcast. Cool. Lads, is there such a thing as LED wine? Excuse me? You know, like, coil wine. Do you know that I've... The new iPhones, people are going on about that. I'm having awful problems with the uh, the monitors in my cave. So, oh, yeah, uh-huh. sorry. Yeah. So to uh, give a bit of background, so shutting down the business, so I moved a load of stuff from my office in town uh, home, so I'm trying to create a kind of home office. And I have nice setup. I have two monitors, a Dell monitor in portrait mode and a cheap Acer uh, 23-inch monitor. But... When it goes on standby, the LED flashes on and off. And when it flashes on, it winds. So there's clearly a there's a problem. And I think it's I think it's just the the power going through it. Uh, really it's probably annoying. still a coil whine. Ah, yeah, it's just a coil with an LED attached. To it. Just get a marker and uh, <laughs> yeah, get get a black marker and color over the LED. Should be grand. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> So my, yeah, so it was all gung-ho with the kind of home office set up and I want to get a mini uh, amplifier and some speakers for audio. Um, and I, um, But yeah, my monitors aren't, neither of them are working properly at the moment. So it's all a bit of a disaster. Oh, it looks good though. It I'll did. admit to, it took me far too long to cop that you weren't talking about like LED Merlot or something. Yes, yes, same. What? Even when you said coil wine, we I thought you were talking about alcohol. Like, we were just yeah. talking about being at the pub, so I really thought you were talking about alcohol. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe, like, LED wine glasses. I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, long week. Definitely. So, I'm still not set up enough. So, I have a Mac Mini here, and I was talking to you guys about maybe I might get rid of my MacBook Pro um, and be laptopless for the first time since I started owning Macs. Um, but I'm still not sure yet because stuff isn't set up properly for me. In an ideal world, you'd have an iMac then? Yeah. That, That's the dream, is it? Yeah. 5K. Yeah. Mm, nice. But because uh, mm. I sometimes think like the Micro Pro is kind of almost too fast. Like, I mean, not that it's too fast, but like, <laughs> I don't I don't need like the speed. You know, for what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I still, still have the 2013 MacBook Air and I'm not really in a hurry to get rid of it. Like, I, I'd love a retina display and stuff. And that new, I was using a, one of the newer MacBooks with the, the Force Touch trackpads or the 3D Touch trackpads or whatever. And I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't realize it was the two clicks or anything. And I just kept right clicking on everything. And then, like, it, the guy whose laptop was like, he's like, you, you, no, no, you're right clicking. And I was like, but everywhere I click is a right click. Right <laughs> that's the thing I, I hate about Mac. Like, you go to someone else's Mac. Does he everything have it is set stupid. up? You feel stupid. Does he have anyway. it set up as the, 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 he has it as a second level of pressure is a right click yeah. for him. That's stupid. <laughs> no, that's still stupid. Two, two, two fingers or whatever it is. Or yeah, How do you have it set up then? Me? Uh, 
Do I? Yeah. I have just two fingers. I only have the one click. I can either. Yeah, I can, that's, that's, yeah. That's, yeah that's fair enough. Um, Thomas? One, yeah, I'm the same. Um, Dave, one thing you mightn't have seen, which is quite cool. It's a bit annoying sometimes, but overall it's quite cool. Um, you get feedback through the trackpad when you're aligning things in Interface Builder. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. So I presume you use this a bit, Baz, do you? Um, do you know, like so. when you hit the layout guides, you get a little kind of rumble. No. Uh, he's auto layout all the way, man. Like, I mean, he just dumps it on the form. <laughs> he just looks at it. <laughs> yeah. No. I just, yeah, whatever the, the wizard says. Yeah. I actually have some views that are incomprehensible until you actually look at them on the phone. I haven't right. even bothered to, to do the, the, what is it? The, the frames. Uh, damn it. Yeah. Layout the frames. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Trust in it. But you can just do it now. You can just click the top view and then click that new circular button and we'll do every layout for you underneath down. Yeah, downwards. so nice. In one click. So nice. Um, with the new 10.3 beta with some cool stuff. Oh, actually, Go on. Uh, one of the things Dave is saying that uh, the new Mac OS beta, they have the night shift in it. Supposedly that will only work on Retina MacBooks. So um. I don't know why doesn't seem to make sense uh because i'm looking forward to getting rid of flux because flux doesn't work in certain programs I, uh, like full screen video but uh yeah just it's just say it'll probably only work on the newer macbooks with retina screens which is a bummer yeah you'd imagine it would take less power to do it on any other mac yeah we'll see now i guess i'll try and download it and test that out but that was the rumors i was hearing anyway and are you still Sorry, Thomas. how beta are you at the moment bad <laughs> <Are> you <laughs> <laughs> are you, i'm not fall away baby are you uh <laughs> are you on the, the bleeding edge or are you still just no uh, no like it's telling me there to update my os i i, I think I, I tend to go on to the first beta i go on to the gold master and then i just ignore all updates <laughs> <laughs> it's generally how i go my my home computer anyway yeah but uh yeah so on the ios side uh, a few new things uh, coming through in the betas and being announced for better or for worse remember. yeah yeah so um app store reviews prompt prompting from within the app oh the things we just talked about beforehand yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's um so what do we know an app can ask maximum three times a year for this um at mm-hmm. a time of the app's choosing and it can display a modal saying rate this app but you you can actually rate it within the window it, it's not gonna jump you out to the app store yeah that's really nice um are, are they trying to get rid of like can you still do it your own way or will that is that against uh, the rules now i don't I, think they've updated the guidelines yet but i'd imagine that it'll be fairly hard to to get something through without without using cool. the official no, that's good Okay, my idea, ask three times in a row, be done with it. Good stuff. <laughs> Question. Have right. either of you ever left an app re- review? A, re- a review? F- I've... Only for the ones I wrote. I've, <laughs> 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 Coincidentally, I gave Very them good all app. five stars. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did a lot Decent. more back in the olden days. Um, but I think nearly everything that I download now is already so popular that it doesn't it wouldn't make a difference like i've noticed in some apps i'll pop out to get rid of the the warning and i'll give it the five stars or whatever many stars i want 
I don't write a written review, but then you go back, but then a couple of weeks later, it can ask you for a review again, I guess when a new version comes out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, one of the things you need for doing an app store review is you have to set a nickname, right? You have to set a nick <laughs> for your review. And I bet you mine's not set. And I bet most people ones aren't set. So I wonder, is this kind of good in theory, but actually for most people, they'll tap your review app and then they'll just get an alert saying oh you haven't set up a nickname go to settings to set up a nickname and it'll still be Mm. kind of rubbish Mm. yeah you should investigate this thomas donald (laughs) i think one of the things that i kind of don't uh sorry i think my my audio is lagging a bit i keep interrupting you um i think we're just rude yeah, well, I am anyway. Yeah, <laughs> um, long established. Uh, so um, that's that's why we had to lose the first uh, eight episodes. Um, uh, but um, I think like things like Netflix and Spotify. Like when they ask me for reviews, I'm like, "But you're Netflix. No one's going to look at the rating and go, oh, I'm not going to download Netflix.' Do you know? Or or do they like? I mean." Some some of the apps that ask, I'm kind of like, do you know, or like a banking app, and it's like, hey, do you want to rate us? And I'm like, you're a bank. Like, I'm not going to be like, man, you know, AIB's app has five stars, but Bank of Ireland only has, do you know, whatever. Like, I mean, that, I, I think I think it does happen in Facebook. People tend to use the web browser instead of using the Facebook app because of how badly it's rated and what they're hearing. It uses tons of battery in the background. I think in those instances, people do just go to the web app rather than using a their specific app. I think of a lot of it's experience, though. I mean, you download it first and you go, this is crap, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I should probably <laughs> make it a New Year's resolution while we're well past that. Like, I mean, we're more than we're like 10 to 15% into 2017 already, <laughs> um, which is a very scary number. Um, and even more, depending on when you're listening to this. But um, <laughs> I think that, like, positive app reviews are something that should be encouraged anyway. But I don't like the way... I think this is a big problem with the way the apps ask for reviews at the moment. It's like, did you enjoy this app? Yes or no, would you mind rating it? And you go, no. And it's like, oh, type in your feedback here. Press OK. And it doesn't... um, it doesn't take you anywhere near the app store with the bad review. But if you click four or five stars, it sends you to the app store to to do the review, yeah. you know, mm. or some of them present mm. the fake five stars. And depending on which one you, if you hit five stars, then it opens the, the app store. Otherwise it opens an email with, you know, feedback. So I think that's, that's something that's a bit dishonest. And I think that it needs to, it needs to die. But I do think that people do need some incentive to leave reviews that are neutral, positive, you know, I just think there's probably more, there's more of an incentive to bitch in a negative review than there is to praise in a positive review, I think. So I think this feature may not end up being that significant, either from the user side or the developer side, but it is something new they have added to, I I guess, to try and help developers. Like, it may not help us very much, but at least there's something, right? Like, it's... I wouldn't overblow it, but it's good to see that Apple... um, you know, this and the ability to leave replies to reviews was cited by many people as a way Apple could make life easier for developers. So, like, it seems like they're going in the right direction. Yeah, so I, I suppose that the, one of the problems I see with the reviews then is people treating it as support, you know, and maybe that's a good thing, like, 
but you know. yeah well, but like, people start bitching yeah he won't leave feedback or he won't reply to me or they won't reply to me <laughs> but uh, a lot of, i'll make this a one star you know a lot of developers um cite sort of people leaving reviews where they said you know i couldn't see how to do x and x was possible and if they could just leave a reply going oh x is here you know like but it's just seeing this review that they can't reply to it can't do anything with or even a review that says i couldn't figure out how to do x and it, it has nothing to do with the app and the app explicitly does not do that yeah like that's something i see a lot a lot of the time like you know um or other other you know uh, one star review app was free but then wanted wanted a subscription you know yeah. Mm. yeah the the worst is for um trip advisor when people rate restaurants specific <laughs> restaurants or specific hotels inside in them and it's like no no we're just an app to show you know these places brilliant <laughs> um so i thought of something for words not baz if somebody gets like a yeah. really high score you could leave them a prompt then because they'd be really happy free games for life no more ads for you yeah just like well done. pop it up if they get a score like if they played 10 games, at least 10 games or 20 games or whatever, and they get a score that's like 50% more than their previous high score, lash them up the review mm. there. True. Can do that. They'll be happy. Yeah, can do that. And I mean, now I have the leaderboards in. <laughs> this is one of the things as well that I think is a net benefit for the end user as well. You know, I'm... Um, it's grand saying it for the developer, but as a user, it annoys the crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're right, David. It's a total dark pattern. And hopefully they will introduce this in 10.3 and then maybe in 11 um, have it as a reason for a rejection. Although it's one of those things, it's like spammy push notifications. It's a bit difficult to test for, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe they could disallow deep blinking to the app store, right? That would solve it. Yeah. Yeah, to, to your own app. Like, yeah, should be doable. Yeah. I, I guess it's nice. They seem to be just doing um, a lot of small little incremental updates recently um, that benefit developers. So, you know, some of these things are overdue, I guess. Um, but it's nice that they actually are coming, you know, slowly but surely. Any thoughts on anything else in the new betas that sort of... Um, there's the theater mode. Or, oh, go on, Dave. Oh, I was going to say, uh, find my AirPods as a... Oh, mysteriously yeah. found its way into the find my iphone mm-hmm. app um, yeah after that so i think we probably talked about that in the last podcast or the one before it i can't remember at this stage and how apple removed uh, third party find my airpods app and now it's it's in the it's in the beta it, it's still the, the app needs a different name find my iphone you know i guess it covers macbooks ipads earpods find my shit needs to be your <laughs> And then find my overpriced <laughs> yeah. Apple products. Yeah. <laughs> Where did I lose my money? And then it just points to the nearest Apple store. Hey, um, uh, looks like the new file system might uh, roll out. Oh. 10.3, yeah. Very cool. Can you explain what that is again? Yeah. Because I've forgotten. So, um, Macs and iPhones and iPods and Apple TVs use a file system called HFS Plus, which stands for Hierarchical File System. It's quite an old file system. It would be, I guess, older than 
the file system that ships with Windows computers, uh, for example. Um, and Apple at WWDC last year announced uh, a new file system called APFS, which I, I think stands for Apple File System, um, with some with some sort of cool new under the hood features that uh, sort of supports things, especially in Macs, things like kind of easier ways of creating snapshots of your storage or um easier ways of doing backups and stuff so i just thought it was quite interesting i thought they would there's been a beta available but i'm surprised that they're rolling it out to ios first because that's the big platform and jesus like new file system format that's a bit of a scary thing to beta test on uh (laughs) yeah definitely Mm -hmm. um but yeah, like I think I I mean I haven't looked I looked at some of the notes from the WWDC T, DC session. Um it seems cool. It seems uh, a lot of people said HFS Plus is sort of it's really long in the tooth. It's uh you know, it need to be it really needs to be replaced. I, I think we'll see more of a benefit um when it comes to Mac. But uh yeah, it's cool. It's one of those kind of building blocks of the operating system that uh you know important so that's in the 10.3 beta at the moment yeah yeah cool like well, how, how, how do you have any idea how it does the update at all i mean it's just um or is it just I, um, a logical thing I, I i don't have sort of like the precise um details but my impression is how it works is that uh, i guess any file system so ultimately you've got like ones and zeros on on disk right um, and your file system is some sort of table um, that kind of says, well, where the it's a way of defining like where are all the files on my disk, like defining the ranges of ones and zeros that correspond to files. So I mm-hmm. think basically they're like, it's not like they're creating a new partition and um, they're basically they've got the HF, HFS metadata, so they just create the new APFS metadata, get that to point to all the files on uh, the disk, and then swap it over. So, cool. Must be a quick enough process then. Yeah, people are talking about like you know, 15 minutes more maybe, but I mean iOS updates are long okay, anyway. Okay. So, um, you know. That's still like, you know, 15 minutes on top of your regular 10 minutes. So, yeah worth it that's cool it's good to see that apple are kind of making investments at all levels from like sort of fundamentally engineering stuff like file system development all the way to things like uh you know app store reviews or design resources for developers that we discussed last week like it's good it's good to see them pushing out top and bottom and just uh the the hfs Plus, in particular, was 1998, but HFS goes back to 1985. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah. About time. <laughs> yeah, one of the other things in, in the beta, not the iOS one, but uh, the Watch OS one was the theater mode, which is a good idea that you can turn on. It's a new setting. It's kind of like Do Not Disturb. Uh, so it's theater mode. I guess the main reason you use it is inside the cinemas. So if you use a an Apple Watch, when you lift your wrist to look at the screen, it automatically turns on because it knows you want to look at it. So this basically just uh, stops the screen turning on unless you tap it or click the, the wheel on the side. Um, you still get haptic notifications and feedback and stuff like that. But yeah, just prevents the screen from turning on. That's kind of cool. Something small. Um, just that uh, in 10.3 as well, um, 
the 32-bit apps, I think, are now their their lifespan is coming to an end. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I have one app that I really really like. It's a a guitar tuner, and yeah, that's 32-bit. It keeps warning me every time I open it with a new OS. So that's going to be gone. And I've tried tons of other ones. I hate them all. So I'm going to have to settle, I guess, at some point. <laughs> I think it's an interesting one because in one way you could say this is kind of Apple that there's no need to deprecate these apps. They could they could live quite happily like Baz, your guitar tuner app um, yeah. like it's working perfect for you. Um, yeah. But I guess on the other side and I guess this is the debate and, and I think in some ways it feeds into the discussion we had about ARM Max or Apple switching away from Intel, is that how do we view software? Well, how do we view software now? And I guess I would make the point that, especially on iOS, but to a certain extent on macOS as well, that this sense of like you you compile a binary and you expect that work to work for a very long time. I'm not sure is that is so valid anymore like with yearly os updates with the fact that you need to keep your apps signed which requires some action once a year right am i right to say that Mm -hmm. to keep your app in the app store you have to keep your uh developer program membership going so uh, i don't know i I kind of i feel if apple so, I mean, to, sorry, I should have summarized the feature. So up until now, um, older apps in the App Store, when you launch them, they'd show a message saying something like this app hasn't been updated in a while and may run slowly on your phone. Yeah. Um, which I always thought was a slightly weasel word um, alert anyway. And now they're apparently they're changing it to this app may not run in the future. Is it kind of like when you go on a website and it tells you that having ad blocker on will make their website run slower? (laughs) (laughs) I know it's not the same, but yeah. Um, I guess like not shipping with a 32-bit runtime may save them. Like it certainly makes it simpler, right? And if we look at the iOS 11, they may remove support for the iPhone 5 and the iPhone 5C uh, in iOS 11. That would make uh, all iPhone's 64-bit anyway, because the 5S is 64-bit. So I can see why they'd want to do it from a simplicity point of view. But yeah, I just, I wonder are the days of like, you compile a binary and it works forever on that particular processor architecture. I I wonder is that Mm. so valid anymore anyway? Bitcode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. That's it. You don't compile it anymore. (laughs) Although Dave did... I wonder how... uh, I was just saying, I wonder how many apps are going to be gone from the App Store now. 50,000 at least, anyway, already okay. have been removed. Um, oh, wow. Dave, did you ever get to the end of that uh, Chris Latner interview on Accidental Tech Podcast? No. He, I will try and put a link in the show notes and try to do that fancy overcast thing where it links to the timestamp. Um, he had a very interesting uh, discussion on Bitcode, actually, because I don't think we ever got a really good explanation for it directly from Apple. Um, he went into, he had a few minutes discussion on Bitcode and what it is and what it isn't. And 
Chris Latner's interpretation was that this bit code was not for architecture changes. It was for compiler optimizations, I think, if I could summarize it briefly. I'll link it to the show notes. It's quite an interesting discussion, anyway. Yeah, yeah it doesn't stop it, though, from from being used that way. But, of course, you know, he kind of did LLVM and LLVMIR, which is kind of bit code, so I figure he might know better. Maybe. But, yes. <laughs> but technically... You know, as long as as long as the architecture is reasonably the same, mm, you know, yeah, true. Um, that's it. Um, you know, with the, the case of the iPhones, like changing word sizes and stuff like that, should be grand. Um, uh, as well. I mean, I, I know you were said about recompiling stuff, and I know that you're you're recompiling a lot of stuff lately. Um, it should be the case, I would imagine, that if developers stick to the guidelines, if developers have zero warnings when they compile their apps, if developers follow user interface guidelines, if developers follow, you know, if developers actually read a book at some point, the apps should be recompilable in a few hours' work from their original versions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. No, I know that's never going to happen, and most of the things are hacked, most of these apps are probably hacked together, HTML pieces of crap, like, um, or maybe not, you know? Yeah, so in a way, like, I hope, just think back to other kind of certainly processor transitions, like, you know, when Apple went over to x86 or Apple's previous um, from 68K to PowerPC, it was a big deal back in those days because, you know, we didn't really have the internet as a mainstream as the mainstream vehicle for distributing app binaries and updates app binaries. But I, I'm kind of, I'm hoping this will be less of a problem in the future because if, if people like Apple are more free to switch architectures, um, I think that that'll be good for the user in terms of how quickly hardware can change. Yeah. And again, anything they can do to reduce their reliance on Intel at this point in time would seem to be a big, a uh, big benefit. Yeah, actually, that's another rumor recently, isn't it? They're making their own chips again. Yeah, bring, back, bring, back, bring back Rosetta. <laughs> did, did you guys make anything? Do you see this rumor about? Um, oh, it was. It wasn't a tech article. It was um, your man Mark Gurman. I think is working for Bloomberg now. About so the T one chip or whatever. Apple are calling the chip in the new MacBook Pros to drive the touch bar and to um, to do the touch ID stuff. There's an article uh, talking about um, basically improving that, Apple improving that processor and expanding its capabilities so it could do stuff like the, um, what's the thing when your Mac is asleep? Is that AppNap um, where it down, downloads <laughs> your mails and your updates for you? Um, yeah, it wasn't a, uh, like, I don't know if you guys saw the article. It wasn't that interesting. It was a little bit, I think, technically suspect. But uh, yeah, it just shows there are at least some rumors that they are thinking about how to use their chip expertise on the desktop. Yeah, I suppose if it transfers to the phone, it just battery management keeps them smaller and all that kind of stuff. Or were you saying it's already on the phone? No, that they were expanding the chip used on the Mac, I guess. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um... I suppose Apple had their Q1 results as well, and that was accompanied by some some minor drama on the, <laughs> the, Wall, the Wall Street Bets subreddit, um, where someone was essentially going to bet all their money on Apple 
announcing losses. Um, but it turned out that they were using a demo account on the trading and uh, the whole thing was, was fiction. But it was... Uh, ah. <laughs> it was uh, it was all right. Uh, some mild distraction and entertainment anyway. and it's, it, it made a lot more people... Um, so, so, so what is this? Like, the, is this an actual... Is this a just make bets as in you're just talking about making bets and people are siding or do people actually talk about putting money on these yeah people um yeah they do uh, it to be honest it seems to be a lot of people kind of researching things uh this 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 will make it sound a lot more uh fancy than it actually is for people researching <laughs> researching companies sharing tips and essentially taking a bet on by buying shares in the company or on you know okay. so marijuana stocks are big at the moment right um so, so get in there I love um. the way the, the, the guy in Wall Street bets. My favorite bit of it was, didn't he like promise a bottle of maple syrup or something to everybody in the subreddit if, he, if his bets came off or something? Mm. Okay. <laughs> That's fantastic. So anyway, they, they, made a, they made a shit ton of money. It was their highest sales quarter ever. Ever. <laughs> Profits down slightly, but, but highest sales. So... I think this this brings us back again um, to the talk by Horace De Duarul, um, you know, bitching ain't switching. And mm-hmm. there was a huge amount of uh, bitching about the new MacBook with the trackpad or the touch bar. And they sold more than they did last year. So in the same quarter last year. Of, of that... That particular one with the touch bar? Well, of the equivalent, whatever the Mac was like, yeah. But pe- weren't people just holding off the one, the Mac, just waiting for the new one to come out? Wouldn't that be a sign that sales would be up because people were knew the new one was coming out? I'd say there's average consumers that would just go buy a Mac and then there's, you know, Fair it's enough, probably yeah. 80, 20, like 20% of people would yeah. would research and go on Mac rumors, buying guide and stuff like that. But I'd say most people are just like, shiny MacBook, please. And off you go. I suppose still a lot of people are like, when the new one came out, are just like, yeah, no, I'm going to get the 2015 one without the touch bar as well. You yeah. Know, people that were holding off. Yeah. Fair enough. Ooh, um, so I just posted a link from Six Colors into the show notes. Um, somebody pointed out that they got an extra week this fiscal quarter. Um, <laughs> just because of the way fiscal, fis- the, um, 365 days in the year or whatever so like most fiscal quarters are 13 weeks long but every once in a while they have to have a 40 14 week quarter so there you go but the the analysts said that factored in anyway so um while the numbers the numbers obviously wouldn't reflect would would reflect that the people's estimates of what they'd uh that that was actually one of the reasons that um that was given for someone's uh bet that they'd have they'd beat analyst expectations um again on wall street bets or something and someone was like you know the analysts also know that there's 14 weeks <laughs> he's like he discovered this thing that that no one else knew about like in the financial world like oh my god they got an extra week it's gonna blow the lid off everything here's a question how much are you guys giving apple every month in terms of services because um, the services business is one of the things that seem to, you know, be quite significant in the last uh, 
financial res- re- results they took in 6.4 billion dollars like how much uh, yeah, how i suppose what designed the services then Is app that... store itunes itunes music okay iCloud. so any all of those um so uh we we previously discussed my uh spending history on the the app store and we won't speak of it again but um have you bought any apps this year oh yeah I bought an app for $25 and it just went down to $8 last week. Get Ouch. in. What you buy? Bollocks. It was a game. Uh, Stein's case. So, but, but here's the thing. Did, did, was it through the Mac app store? Did Apple, or the iOS app store? Did Apple? Yep. Okay, so Apple got the 30%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I pay a dollar a month for a bit of storage. Dave, Although d- people are going do you pay for uh, storage? Yeah, I think two ninety nine. Yeah, I I'm I like pay you. for more than I need um, for some reason, but I think I did need more at one point and I don't now, but I just, I'm worried about changing in case things disappear or something. <laughs> yeah, um, Dave, I think <laughs> me and you are on the 200 gig plan, which is €2.19. Yeah, Baz, I think it was, it was a lot less than that. They doubled it at some yeah. point. It was 100 or it was 50 gig or something. Yeah. Um, I switched over to iCloud library, iCloud photo library this week, actually. Cool. Yeah, that's one of the main reasons I have it. Um, yeah, same. And fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. So um, I would be a big renter of movies. Huh. Um, yeah, I find this interesting. On the Apple TV. Um, e- even even your one-year-old or less than one-year-old sometimes rents movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hence we've yet another pin on yet another box. But, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he'll break so, it it's only a matter of time yeah so i, I enjoyed central intelligence fair play to him it wasn't the worst movie he could have rented um <laughs> you know gotta love the rock but um maybe rent a movie a week okay maybe now sometimes they're 99 cents sometimes they're 3.99 like i went to i went to rent one last week and it was 4.99 to buy 3.99 to rent so i just bought it Okay. Um, so, would you say you spend okay. eight quid a month on movies? Um, I'd go with ten. Right, ten plus two for your storage. You're on Spotify, yeah. so Apple don't see any of that. No, and I don't go through the App Store either. For that, um, I've, I've no App Store subscriptions either, or subscriptions through Apple at the moment. Um, and maybe, maybe a euro or two on an app. Yeah. I'm, I'm very set in my ways with apps now these days like huh. <laughs> so i give him two quid for the storage i'm still i still haven't cancelled my apple music so that's 15 uh, i'm not gonna spend another episode whining about spotify but i still have unresolved issues is all i'm saying um don't spend like that when you ask when you ask alexa to play beethoven's fifth symphony <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So Th- Thomas, uh, Thomas was was over earlier, uh, dropping off some some lovely shelves. Thank you very much. And um, we uh, Thomas runs a carpentry business outside of the the <laughs> podcast and the software. Um, That's it. And uh, he, he doesn't, but he totally could um, if he wanted to. And uh, he was demonstrating Alexa. And asked to play Beethoven's Fifth, so on Spotify, so she complied, but played the swing jazz version. But it was, which appeared to have been nice. a MIDI file converted to an MP3. 
It really was like a 1990s MIDI file, like it was so cheesy and so bad. <sighs> I know this because um, where I'm working now, there's a... a an Amazon Echo Dot in the office, so I'm getting a bit of um, automated assistant love, um, same as you guys. So uh, that's how I find out about Beethoven's Fifth Sym- Symphony. Yeah. And can you be like, uh, you know, uh, send an automated bill to a client or something? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good, inf- uh, a good, uh, good interface for Actually, like, account would, managers or something, you know? Yeah. Or kind of any of that automated stuff. Alexa, how many downloads did we have of whatever today, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, experimenting with some of the voice stuff, so that's fun. So anyway, where were we? We were talking about um, Apple services. Oh, yeah, just that they're trying to push it. I I do think in a few years' time we're going to be giving... Apple are going to find some ways of charging us more money, basically, on a regular basis. We're going to have to start paying for more stuff, I'd say. Any ideas what? Yeah, I was thinking about this. Like, what could they do? Um, like, would they go subscription with some of their apps, some of their premium apps? Um, kind of goes I, the opposite of what they've done with giving stuff away free with the hardware. Yes. And I, I think, you know, Dave, you've talked a lot about how you like Keynote. I, I'm a, a reasonable fan of numbers. Um but I don't think any of those apps that Apple make could really, in their current state, justify a subscription. I don't think I'd pay. Um, no, I'd just use something else. I'd, yeah. I'd have, I can get Office 3 with work or something and I can, I'd use that. Um, what, I, what what just kind of popped into my head there, though, was you said the more professional stuff, so like uh, Logic or um, Final Cut or something, move towards a more kind of Adobe uh, creative cloud format for that and some other things these are big pie in the sky things that i'd actually love is full mac backup 100 percent everything in the cloud but that you could log in via website and use the mac that had been backed Ooh. up or something Ooh, so like you upload its consciousness and <laughs> And then you can you can interact with it via the web, and then when you come home and turn it on, it'll sync whatever changes you made with the with the laptop or the Mac. I think the the other thing is just like maybe stuff that might interest us slightly less is um, well, or might interest us the the content stuff. So you know, might they decide to do a Netflix and invest in in either original films or original series or original music um as a way of promoting their you know the apple music stuff well they've Um, had a few exclusives haven't they uh well dr dre's album and stuff kind of most of them would be fair to say relatively time limited like they might get a week or something yeah yeah but they're Um, still they're kind of doing it and you know i mean it's something that spotify are kind of failing at I think with regards to securing the the big name albums. It almost seems a point of pride to Apple that they that they win with Apple Music. It's 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 the same thing in happens in video games the whole time. Different consoles getting, you know, the exclusive before the other mm. one. 
it's you know but do you think like as a potential money maker for apple like given that spotify aren't making any money it's difficult to see how apple are making any i mean i presume they must be making a loss at the moment but it's difficult to see what the potential for massive profit is from apple music do you know what i mean Mm. like it's just weird that it's so important to them to kind of like considering how much they make from an iphone um where they've got all the power and the supplier relationships whereas it seems to me that the record companies have kind of got they've got quite a lot of power in their relationship with apple and you know so they've got more leverage and apple can't clean up the way apple can with hardware so yeah, I just think it's interesting from a strategic perspective why it's and so I, important to them. And I think you'll have, like, Amazon moved into um, book publishing and they have their own publishers now. Um, they're not, I don't think they're called Amazon Books or Amazon Publishers. They have some innocuous enough sounding names. But as a result, you have brick and mortar bookstores and other retailers not stocking the books because Amazon is the publisher. So I think that's where they have their own stores now. Yeah, Speaking I saw one of, actually in the states last time it was over. Did you? Did you go in? Yeah. Well, it was being built, but yeah, it was Amazon branding all outside it, and that's just the bookstores. So next time, not yeah, not yeah, the, the, weird the physical one, yeah, yeah, one without the without the cashiers. Oh, I don't know. Like I said, it was just all kind of built around, and it was in under construction. But I'll be over in March, so I'll take another gander. I like the idea of a website having under construction written on a building. It's like the exact opposite of the 90s. <laughs> yeah, it was a gif moving on the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. The man with a shovel, like, do-do-do, the lights, yeah. yeah. I'm looking for... I was just searching there for Amazon rumors, just to see, like, are there any other scandal about what they're working on all i get is sort of links to the fleetwood mac album on uh, amazon so thanks google um and now there you go again you see there you go what's that an amazon tap you never it's told the, me about this it's a but you can't get it here yet <laughs> ah um, it's us only is it at the moment anyway it's it's a battery powered echo basically okay um, mm-hmm. And it works. You have to tap it to talk. It doesn't have the always the continuous recognition because of the battery power. Mm. I've, um, if it was on sale here, Dave, given that you have uh, an Echo and an Echo Dot, um, could you see a use case for the tap? Hmm. I don't know. Oh, it's it's portable, so it's powered, right? Battery powered, yeah. Battery powered. And, well, uh, the guy in the and there's a on base, Amazon, think, he's or something as well. Yeah, there's a base with it. This guy has it at the beach. Yeah. So for all the times you're at the beach with your friends, and you want to annoy everyone around you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Or on the yeah, bus, you know. On the bus, on the three or four, and your... all your friends get one together. Yeah, or just walking yeah. through Limerick City. <laughs> that's it. Perfect. Preferably at night. <laughs> Does this, that that happened last year? Like at some point, just after Christmas, all these ones got a portable bluetooth speakers and they're just walking around with them <laughs> blaring out their shitty tunes yeah it's like the 80s all I, over for again. once yeah for once i'd just love to see a metaler walking around you know playing some dirty black metal music yeah that would be kind of funny <laughs> yeah so yeah i don't think i'd get the tap i mean i i you know 
I don't uh, like. I mean, what? Like nine months of the year, we we, we kind of have to stay indoors, uh, <laughs> or at least if you're outdoors, you'd be moving. You know, um, we stay in for eleven of the months. Yeah, <laughs> except those three days in June, um, they'd be pretty good. But I think do you know, I can plug in the echo by the patio door and leave it out leave it outside you know or i can put on headphones so i won't annoy the neighbors or whatever yeah hard to know about these things until you actually get them sometimes because i'm still thinking now like i mean i I definitely need more echoes or more echo dots in the house (laughs) like i'm just kind of i walk into a room and i'm like Oh, <laughs> I'm in a dumb room. Where are you to pull to out the my smart room? And then I have to pull out my phone to turn on the lights. Like, I mean, ugh. Like an animal. I know. <laughs> um, Baz, have you, it's not so long in episode terms, but in terms of time, it's been quite a while since we uh, discussed smart lights and stuff. Any updates, Baz, from your end? Um, sometimes boat lights turn on in the sitting room. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. At least one of them turns on. I, f- I found it's, it's good in the kitchen. I can hook it up to the music when I'm in the kitchen and stuff like that. Does it live in I there now? Stuff. It lives in there. And so when I'm going to bed at nighttime, um, I'll just tell it to turn on the, s- the bedroom lights. And as I'm leaving the kitchen, I'll tell it to turn off the sitting room lights. So everything's illuminated. I don't have to turn on any, like I turned off most of the other switches. So I can just kind of say, you know, it's kind of lighting my way on the path out of the sitting room. So yeah, sorry, my sitting room come kitchen, apartment, living lifestyle thing. Um, so yeah, it's kind of better off in there. Maybe I might get one in the sitting room, but I'd say they'd be nah, too close together. It's funny. I suppose if I shouted loud enough, she'd hear me. <laughs> but even <laughs> maybe not over the TV when that's on, though. Like I'm in, I have them in two separate rooms. Now I know that you know technically they're they're still close enough. But sometimes if I'm in the sitting room mm-hmm. and the door is open a crack, even the one in the kitchen will go off. You know, and hey. like the door, I'm yeah. in a room. It's almost closed. I'm like, do this, and then I hear the one in the kitchen go, okay. You know, um, it's weird. They're usually pretty good at, like, if I stand in the door with both doors open and speak, it'll, you know, it'll it'll kind of nearly always get the closest one. But occasionally there's just weird yeah. stuff happening. It's February, uh, technically, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> she still can't play through my Sonos bar yet. I'm getting annoyed. Right. Oh, yeah. I decided to give it January. And so we'll have a, a Sonos countdown or something like that. But uh, yeah, I've been thrown out the window now if it doesn't start working with my Sonos bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh, Apple are picking up my two-year-old iPhone tomorrow for free and replacing it. Woo! They didn't want a lawsuit on their hands. <laughs> the, the, the bulge. So the iPhone was pregnant with another phone. <laughs> so this is like quite a common thing. Have you guys seen it, this battery bulging thing? Yeah. Yeah, over the years, um, you know, here and there. Yeah, like... Anecdotally, it seems a lot more common than I expected. So yeah, so my iPhone I have is uh, a year and ten months old, I think. So they are replacing it for free, which is nice of them. So you're going through the pain at the moment of trying to use a three G. Yes. So yeah, I I did use a three G for uh, about two hours, um, which is fun. So iOS four. And just to see what would run, what would Did you just spend that two hours playing Tap Tap Revolution? (laughs) No. (laughs) Or Lady Gaga Edition anymore. Um, Yeah, it's funny. Like, 
how lo- how far we've come in like six years. Like it's incredible. Um, yeah. So anyway, I have, yeah, the the old phone didn't last for long. You can download Tap Tap Reborn. Looks the exact same. It's my night sorted anyway. <laughs> ah, the good old days before Guitar Hero became totally oversaturated, and rhythm yeah. and rhythm games were still enjoyable. <laughs> if you fancy a bit of nostalgia, anyone with an iPhone, you can go into um, iTunes. I can't remember how to do it. You can do it on the the iTunes App Store app, and you can view your. Um, oh yeah, if you go into your updates. Go into your purchase and just scroll down to the bottom and see every single app you've ever bought. Why? Except WordSnap. Um, except WordSnap, because I guess we never bought it ourselves. I that did. doesn't make sense. I did. I Definitely needed to get it up the rankings, ta- you know? <laughs> yeah, but TapTap Tap, uh, Revenge is the fourth app I downloaded. Of course. More Cowbell was the first app I ever downloaded. Oh, God. I remember when the most popular Air apps text. were the ones with the, the pint um yes. using the accelerometer, the lighter, and a few other stupid things like oh, you know, you, you blew on the microphone and the, the flame would flicker and God, what we were, was we were wrong so easily those? amused. Yeah. Novelty. I, uh, Novelty. Yeah, I, that's it. AirText, that was Finny Coins one, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Oh possibly. It's probably still going, is it? No, I tried to to, to open it there and there's nothing, so so that's one of the things you can actually download a lot of these apps. If you tap on them, it shows a blank screen, they're gone. But uh, you'd be surprised you tap into some of these apps, you can still download them and they still work and they're still awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, will we go into what's making us happy or is there anything else to discuss? So, yeah. So um, before we get to making us happy, plug for our next Limerick iOS developer meetup. Um, February the eighteenth. Um, Dave, you are, you are, you are talking to us. I am, yeah, uh, live in the flesh. Um, uh, we'll be talking about, um, I suppose Swift for Objective C developers, and uh, I'll be doing a talk covering uh, a few of the major differences that developers would come across. So I'll be doing it by building an app and talking about things like optionals and error handling and a few other nice bits and pieces. Really looking forward to this one. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I just got to learn Swift first. <laughs> so you, you're guaranteeing that when we leave, we'll be fluent in Swift then after an hour and a half? Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's cool. my new accelerated learning method where you know everything <laughs> leaving, but the time the pints are over, you've forgotten it. But you definitely oh, knew it okay. leaving. There you go. Dastardly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're going to have a Q&A, so if you are coming... Um, we'll try and leave some time at the end for you. Gonna answer my question, Baz? Um, you have to claim it. I'd be inspecting the is group. It? Yeah, it was a softball for you because I know you know. You, I'd shown it in my last talk. Yeah, I but could, you, you want me to go up and like live code a very quick example? Is it? Yeah, with one hand using the emoji keyboard. One no, but like just emoji yeah, keyboard. to do a quick demo. You don't have to live live Fair code enough. it. Just show. Okay. If you have time, definitely, yeah. If you don't, like, I mean, potentially we could just do a full Q&A next time or something like that, or, you know, have a showcase. Yeah, I just wanted to, to have one question up there, so. Where is this like message board you speak of? Uh, I linked to it in the description. I should send it around the meetup. Oh, I didn't know how to do this, so I thought, oh, we'll just use the discussion board of the meetup. Um, ah, right. But that's not so, really yeah, what's the website? Yeah. Is it just... 
if you Google Meetup Limerick iOS developers, I suppose you'll find it the best way. Yeah, there's not a lot of us, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so we're at least eight people so far, anyway, which is good. Cool. And I don't even know some of them. <laughs> Actually, the now. sign up rate was much quicker this time around than for me and Baz's thing. So clearly, that's the star power. You know, yeah, latent mm. fan base out there. That's it. That's it. Do you know, um, I think it's probably do with people Sims going is gonna like be there. Swift. Oh yeah, Swift. Grand. I could. I could do a <laughs> learning that. I think. Actually, I'm really glad it's you doing this talk, Dave, because a few of us could have potentially done it. But I think, you know, A, because you're somebody who teaches people how to program uh, regularly, but also because, you know, you teach C++. So I think that's actually quite a good perspective to be coming from, to be explaining Swift, that you probably have a better handle and some of the whys and the wherefores of choices in Swift. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, to be honest, a lot of the time it's even something, um, like it's something I don't know whether I'll go into a lot of it. Like there's a lot of, um, like even a struct versus a class in Swift. You know, there's a huge amount of differences between the two of them, even though technically mm. they're, they're, they're very similar. Like, and I think, you know, things like that are very, very nuanced. Um, yeah. And I, I think they'd be, they'd be kind of good things to dig into. Um, but probably not in this talk, but there's a lot of, a lot of the new stuff and then there's a lot of the stuff that's kind of the same, but different. So we'll, we'll see how far we get anyway. We'll see how, how contrived an example code base I could come up with that encompasses all of these random mm-hmm. bits and pieces. Um, <laughs> and we'll go from there. So are we ready for what's making us happy? Yeah, you, you jump in there. Okay. <laughs> um, my one is Python, the programming language. Um, I had a very specific uh, programming task this week, which was to translate uh, unlocalized, or when developers say localized, I guess we, we mean translated uh, for the most part, even though I know it kind of specifically means something uh, something a bit wider. But um, I had a set of XML files that were translations from Android, and I had mm-hmm. to generate an equivalent... Um, uh, XML for an iOS app. I still commend that you did this yourself rather than using an online tool. I tried all the online tools. It didn't, well, I, like, I sort of spent 10, 15 minutes trying them. Okay. Like, I wasn't being... It didn't work. No. Like, I wasn't being an idiot about this, kind of going, oh, I'll roll my own. Um, this was, this was <laughs> dead, like... Hey, I resemble that remark. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh there's our title anyway so yeah no i i genuinely wasn't being an idiot i had a task that i needed to do that i'm sure somebody's uh, somewhere has solved it but i also had some different needs anyway so i had to generate these uh, seven files and like i am not a good python programmer at all like it's 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 my quick and dirty process text files you know change them around to something else like i you know i could have used an xml parser for this i didn't do that at all i cobbled together some ugly regular expression uh matching start tags and end tags but um it was just nice it was uh, it was a task that otherwise would have been done i think by hand 
and I definitely got a big big gain out of using Python. Um, yeah, that's my thing for this week. Mac OS still ships with Python 2, by the way. Yeah, I'm I'm still on the fence about the whole Python 3 thing. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I think it was, like, I'm, I'm still a Python 2 guy, like, I mean... I think I, I think I thought you were just old and tired, but you have that an too. Opinion <laughs> but I, I can that, program yeah. in Python three, no bother. Um, I'm, I'm all about the integer division, but <laughs> like, I don't know. I just think it was a bad move, and we're still here years later with this suboptimal situation. Like, you know, yeah, I was shocked to see that it's still python 2.7 or whatever it is like by default on the mac um and then you do all these things like you know from underscore underscore future underscore underscore um it just feels dirty right oh yeah i don't know what but dave you know a little bit about this in retrospect what should they have done like it's never good to have a split in a language community right no so they they um so python came out like i mean i was in a college when this happened i think like so python 2 was out it gained a huge amount of popularity there was a lot of buzz around it everyone was using python it was fantastic it was you know and then they just said do you know what python 3 then they spent the next years releasing incremental python 2 builds to bring Python to almost the par with Python three, so I think it should have been a more incremental okay. process. Um, realistically, um, so, something I really hope, and I don't think we will see in Swift, just because of the steamroller of um, OS updates on Apple platforms, is I think you know, like there's nobody still stuck on Swift two, right? Like, or not. There's nobody stuck, still stuck in Swift 2 going, I'm grand here, I don't have to change. Oh no, you're um, going to get steamrolled. Yeah, and they have <laughs> promised source compatibility from here on in. Um, so hopefully that's one thing that Python suffered that we'll avoid in Swift. See, yeah. I was saying we, I'm committed to learning it after your talk, Dave. That's how awesome it's During my talk, during yeah. my talk. During his <laughs> talk. Not after. <laughs> and then again after the points. Yeah. Bazzy, you got something? Um, yeah, just one I was just doing this again was a friend friend of mine got me a puzzle for Christmas. A jigsaw puzzle. Oh, Sorry. I saw this when I dropped a you saw it today. bookcase. Dave, this is cool. I saw a, uh, it's a Snapchat of it or something. Yeah, I sent a photo in our group, so I'll oh, send yeah. you my my latest work. But I guess it's just a, you know, regular jigsaw puzzle. And on top of that, there's another kind of foamy jigsaw puzzle. And on top of that, there's some buildings. This Game of Thrones one, so it kind of builds up oh, like cool. the intro, I guess. So it's just kind of been kind of fun. I haven't been sitting down on the laptop or the TV or my phone this weekend. I've kind of been stuck at that. So a lot of back pains um, <laughs> from just, you know bending over a lot and like staring at stuff and then now I'm getting super organized I've gotten to the place where nearly everything's on the table so I just like I'm super organized in terms of shapes and I see shapes now in the puzzles and it's very very black there's a lot of sea in it but I noticed the waves in the sea so I'm <laughs> thinking of getting a bit too into it but that's been a bit of crack anyway enjoying that there's something a bit I guess more old school cool that's me 
Yeah, Dave. Yeah. Um, so I uh, I kind of wanted to change what it was because I did some Python coding as well. And oh, I, I like, robbed your thing. And then I was like, that'll make me happy. But actually, I've I'm <laughs> I'm over it now. Um, that was like so six minutes ago. Um, but I wrote um a little hardware control thing in Python using like nice little multi-threaded tasks and queues and stuff and it, it it's it's nice anyway it's for gpio stuff on a raspberry pi and um, it's class um and it, it runs the it's a web interface but it runs the the gpio on a background thread so you can have the request finish and then the the uh the, the input or output will run for the defined amount of time um inside in flask so really nice it's like about six lines of code python 2.7 of course and uh yeah it was amazing but i'll also give a shout out to visual studio code um which is a atom-based uh text editor that microsoft have been shipping and the pace of change is fairly rapid on it um, it was just a text editor and I downloaded it and I was like, yeah, whatever. And then, uh, last week someone was like, oh no, you can do all this sort of stuff with it. And I was like, I don't think you can. I was like, are you sure? And they were like, yeah, no, definitely. And I looked it up and there's a huge range of plugins for all different languages, um, that weren't there the first time I evaluated it. So it's looking like a nice, decent, uh, text editor and quite possibly an alternative to sublime so dave what's right. your daily driver i meant i meant to ask you guys this actually i was talking to a it's a junior d- dev at work an intern and i was kind of saying to him like do you have a text editor that you use and he's like no and i'm like oh this is kind of like quite a this is something you should spend sort of like half a day seriously like going in and researching and finding you know what works for you because uh, i think like having a text editor that you know inside out is a really important part of being a programmer so yeah baz and dave what are your uh, dave first what 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 text editor did you write your nice python gpio thing in uh sublime and is sublime your go-to editor then uh, at the moment <laughs> and that's presumably well one of the factors is that you do use a windows computer at work so the fact that sublime is cross-platform is a good oh no i use notepad at work (laughs) old school baz what about you same yeah sublime really Mm -hmm. i don't know why i'm sure dave recommended it years ago but uh so i've changed around a bit so i was a a vi user for vim whatever for i would be on linux now as well yeah but then I found Text Wrangler, which I quite like, because I felt like, actually, I want a visual editor. I'm tired of this command line stuff. And then, so now I'm on BB Edit, which basically, because Text Wrangler is sort of deprecated and in favor of BB Edit, which is a Mac editor that's been around for, oh, like years and years and years and years. Um, But Dave, do you think like VS Code is getting to the stage where it might replace sublime for you yeah i think so um it's really nice really really nice 
it looks cool. I, surely it's a really interesting kind of expression of the new Microsoft, which is like more about being cross-platform and multi-language rather than being, you know, totally focused on Windows and SQL Server and all that stuff. Yeah, at this stage, it seems to be we'll do whatever gets people to use their services rather than whatever to use their software. Cool. So you'd recommend giving it a try out? Check it out, yeah. It's still not 100% there. Like, you're still kind of editing JSON files for config and the plugins and stuff, and it'll run the software, but then you have to do an extra setup to get it to compile it. And, you know, so if they kind of smooth that over, and that's kind of plugin dependent as well, but if they smooth that over, I think it could be be really nice kind of get that uniform between the, the different plugins cool be class be class Doo-doo. awesome what was that that was me doing the end sound wow that's actually sounded like a computer program <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>